Summer might be winding down. Yeah, it's getting to the fall and a little bit cooler. So we're going to keep it warm for you. We've got NBA hot takes, LeBron James, Ben Simmons, the Nets, the Bulls. We're going to cover it all in the Wednesday episode of Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast covering everything you want to know about the association five days a week, every day, free for you all, no paywall or anything like that. We're your one-stop shop for everything going on around the association. And on Wednesdays, I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales at Reds Army underscore John on Twitter. And I host Locked On Celtics. So I love the idea of today's <laughs> show. I love this. It's like the end of summer. There's nothing going on in the NBA unless you're uh-uh. Sheed Wallace and wanting to say some crazy stuff out there. So let's take a cue from Sheed here and go with some of the hottest takes. And for those who don't know what he said, he basically said Kevin Durant and LeBron James wouldn't have been good in his era, even <laughs> though LeBron James played in his era and, and tore it up. So I don't know who he was expecting them to be, but those are some pretty hot takes. Hot so let's take. have our own hot takes here on, I guess what you've got a big one. You just want to start off with, cause I yeah. very much disagree with it. So let's just kind of <laughs> jump into this one. Well, look, I'm, I'm channeling my, my inner Kendrick Perkins. Like the whole, the whole concept of the hot take is cause we're not a hot takey show. We're not, this is not who we normally are. So I'm taking things that I'm like, hmm, maybe, and just committing to them full Kendrick Perkins style. So my first hot take going all in on this LeBron James is in fact the washed King. He's done. His career is on a downward slope and we're going to start seeing things go poorly for him quickly. So you think that's like this year, right? Like this is where like the cliff he's, he's at the cliff and he's, he's, he's like falling down or he's rolling down, down the cliff right now. I'm so bad at hot takes. No, I don't actually believe that. But for the purposes of this, <laughs> yes. No, you know what? Let's yes. say yes. You don't forget it. I do believe it. Um, I think the injuries have started to catch up with LeBron James. I think he doesn't have a whole lot of help over there. There are a lot of big names that don't do big things anymore. That team is generally flawed. That Russell Westbrook thing is going to take a long time to figure out. So not all of it is going to be because he's actually washed. I think that LeBron James is going to struggle to mesh with Russell Westbrook. I think the the trade for Russell Westbrook was an admission by the Lakers that they need somebody to take the pressure off of LeBron James because he can't do everything he used to do anymore. And so that's why I think we're we're entering the next phase of LeBron. So you want to go hot take? You can say, yeah, Washed King is coming up because he's not going to be able to play as much. He's not going to be able to handle the ball as much, which means he's going to be a lot more standing around. It's going to be a lot more picking his spots. So when he does do things, they're going to be great. But he's just not going to be able to play the way he used to. And I think the Lakers are actually going to be disappointing this season. Okay, so you convinced me more than I was expecting you were going to do it. And I guess it's like that was actually like, I'll give you some credit here. That was well done because I was ready to come in and, and do what I always do when people try and tell me LeBron is washed. Look, we've heard this, what, every year for the past 
half a decade at this point, right? He's 36 now. I think we started hearing this when he was like 32 or something like that. And look, one of these days, the person who's like, oh, you're going to bet on 34-year-old LeBron James, they keep doing that. Then it's you're going to bet on 35-year-old LeBron James after he keeps doing it every single year. So because of his track record, like, no, he's not washed. He's still going to be an amazing player next year. I actually started to talk myself into them adding Russell Westbrook onto the Lakers, but that could just be uh, the summer heat getting to me still because it's hot where I am. Look, he <laughs> at his age last year, 25 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. Those are still pretty incredible numbers, but you're right. They're actually down from what they were before. The year before that, he averaged 10.2 assists, so it's down over two. There, there's maybe something to it, but like this dude is still putting up all NBA numbers at his age. And if it's like he's washed, he's not doing that anymore. Like, no, not a damn chance. One year that that statement will be correct. I just am not going to believe that person who claims it saw it actually happening ahead of time. Yeah, no, and I'm I, I'm just kind of banking on it, it, my my actual take is that LeBron is actually gonna, he's going to have a I think a, a tougher season than anticipated. I mean, I'm just looking at this roster. Like I said before, Westbrook is going to be a tough fit. Westbrook doesn't immediately immediately gel with teammates, um, and you go down like Gasol is is now that now we're getting into the washed group. Gasol, Carmelo, Dwight, Ariza, Rondo, th- Rondo, uh, th- those guys, th- they are counting on like this, this group eight years ago. Wow. Super team. This group right now is, is kind of trash. And I, I, I think that because he's going to be asked to kind of, he's going to be asked to cover for these guys, but he can't play the point guard as much as he used to. I don't know how I don't I just don't know how this is going to pan out. I think and the the other thing is that the injuries have started to catch up with him just a tiny bit. And, and this is where he's 36. I think his body will start to betray him a little bit more. Some of the nagging stuff. How many times has LeBron over the course of his career gotten hurt or sprained an ankle and then all of a sudden he kind of almost like willed himself back into a game? I think those moments are going to go away. I think what's going to end up happening is those moments where he rolls an ankle are going to lead to two, three, four missed games or maybe more. I think all of those little nicks, those little the, the bumps, the bruises that he used to be able to just kind of brush off, I don't think he's able to brush them off quite the same. And I think if he does, they pile up and they lead to something else. So as as the old cliche goes, father time is undefeated. And and maybe it takes a little longer in this in this match, maybe this one will go the full 12 rounds, but at some point here, I think we're still, I think we're in round nine or 10 here. Uh, so I'm, my hot take is that LeBron is washed. My actual take <laughs> is that my actual take is that LeBron is start. We're starting to see the, the LeBron signs of age. And I don't think this team is going to do him any favors at all. And I think a lot of this has to do with team construction. That's going to exacerbate whatever issues that he has. Yeah. So it's something that's compounding on itself, you know, and look, he said it to a degree himself, right? Like he said, I'm never going to be fully healthy again. So in a sense, he's kind of admitting to some of what you're trying to claim. So I don't, from that perspective, I really don't disagree with you. It's just kind of, he's the, to me, he's the exception to these rules, right? Sure. Same thing with like Popovich in the Spurs, right? I'm just never going to count that, that team out maybe this year, finally, but in general, even when they didn't look all that good, you wouldn't count them out, right? Because they were a 
a Popovich team and like they were going to probably get into the playoffs or be right there, even in the bubble year, right, where they didn't make it. They came closer than I think anyone was expecting from that. So until it actually happens to LeBron James, I'm not saying it. Then the second he actually has a washed season, which for the reasons you lay out could be this year, then I'm going to be like, oh, dude's totally washed and kind of just piggyback on it after after the fact, I think. Uh there you go. Let us know. We're on YouTube now. Don't forget, subscribe there if you haven't, if you're just listening to the podcast form, and let us know in the comments, which we can be checking, and let us know if you think LeBron James is washed or not. So coming up next, a little bit of Ben Simmons talk. Is he a good player or not? I think we've got, uh, at least I've got a hot take on that one still, and let's talk about the Bulls maybe being disappointing and the Brooklyn Nets potentially disappointing as well. But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked on NBA is brought to you by the Sweat Block Antiperspirant Wipes. It's still hot outside in many parts. And you know what? Sweating is just an awful thing. You don't want that, whether you're doing it in a presentation, on a first date, God forbid, whatever it is, you don't need to be looking at your shirt, being self-conscious about how you're feeling, anything like that. And that's where the Sweat Block Antiperspirant Wipes come in. They're stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants, and they're doctor-created, doctor-recommended, and they're super simple to use, plus they work for seven days. You just wipe them on, go to sleep, shower the next morning, you're good to go. Seven days, not needing to do anything else, plus they're tested by firefighters on the Rachel Ray show. They've been a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years where they have over 13,000 reviews, and if you want to give these things a try and not worry anymore about just sweating too much, you can go use the promo code locked on for 20% off at sweatblock.com. Again, that is 20% off at sweatblock.com when you use the promo code locked on, or you can check them out at Amazon or CVS. Tell me if this sounds familiar to you. You got one device where you watch the game live, you stream your favorite shows on another, you're watching, uh, you're watching the sports highlights on your phone, and you're stealing somebody's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and it's a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, shows, all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no more needing to buy another device ever again. And the best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right. It's the Wednesday edition of the Locked On NBA podcast free daily show, no paywall or anything like that, covering everything you want to know about the association, doing hot takes as summer winds down, but we're going to keep you warm. John just had his kind of hot take that LeBron is washed. The best I can do, man. It's the best I can do. We're we're just not hot takey. Like this goes against our nature so much. But I've got one that's like given current discourse on NBA Twitter feels like I don't want to put this out there because I just don't want to deal with my mentions. I almost think that's the definition of a hot take though, right? To some degree? To some degree. I mean, look, we're both, we're bad at hot takes, but we're, we're, we're bringing it right now. This one, we're going full uh, debate show here. There we go. All right, I've got one for you that's centered around a player, and it's Ben Simmons, who is going to be traded at some point before the season starts. We covered this in last week's show. He is still an all-NBA and really, really good player that a lot of teams, despite his flaws, should be trying to trade for. 
I think a team like the Kings, where I think he'll end up, should be trying to trade for him. We've heard Cleveland is maybe trying to trade for him. But what about a team like the Charlotte Hornets and pair him with LaMelo Ball or something like that? This is a guy that teams around the league should be coveting for what he can do at his age. And they just are not. And that's where I think we're overthinking it. Yes, shooting is the most important skill you can have in the NBA. And he, he doesn't do that. I get it. But so many other teams of players that aren't good shooters, they've built the roster around him. Look at Zion Williamson, right? To a certain degree, he doesn't shoot. Ben Simmons does so much else, is an elite defender. Still at a young age, this is a guy that teams should be throwing players and pieces for at just 25 years old. He's still an all-NBA guy that teams should try and trade for. I disagree. I disagree vehemently. I think you're a moron for saying so. Is Alice supposed to go? Um, no, I, I do disagree. I actually, I, I do actually disagree. I think Ben Simmons is a lot of the things that you said that he is. However, I haven't seen any notable improvements in Ben Simmons since he's gotten into the league. This has been Ben Simmons from day one. Uh, this is going to be Ben Simmons. I think moving forward, I have a hard time believing that a guy who's been in the league this long now that it is going to go out there and make meaningful improvements in his game. He has gigantic flaws that make him difficult to play in the playoffs. All right. The, the, he, he has cost the Sixers multiple series. He alone has cost the Sixers multiple series. You can game plan for him. You can back off of him. You can basically, his defender can go sit in the stands and get some popcorn while he's out there because you know he's not going to shoot which hurts Joel Embiid. This has been a huge problem for them all along. He's getting paid like a first-team All-NBA guy, and he is not. He's going to win you some regular season games. That's fine. But what does that get you? What does that get you? Nothing. He has come into the league. He has made All-Star teams. He's made an All-NBA teams. And that just serves as validation for him not needing to work on his game. He has said it in the past. You know, people ask him about his shooting. He says, hey, I'm still an all-star. That's not the attitude that you want from this guy. That's just not the attitude you want from a guy you're paying like a number one option. He's not a number one option. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to improve your defense. He's going to win you some regular season games. But this isn't a, a league where that, that's what you want. I'd rather have a guy who coasts during the regular season and flips it on like playoff Rondo used to do. That's the, I would rather have that than have Ben Simmons at this money playing the way that he plays. So as another team, I am not, unless I have the absolute perfect fit around him, I am not adding him to my team. So let me ask you this, because you mentioned the money, and this is something I've been thinking about a lot. Um, he's going to get paid $30, $31.5 million next season. Is that that bad? That's 24th in the league next year. Is that not worth it for him? Is he not a top 25 guy to you? No, because I'm adding the playoff stuff in there. I, you're, when you're paying a guy 30 plus million dollars and the same for Tobias Harris. I mean, when you're paying a guy that much money and, and look, I'll admit that, you know, the numbers are more out of whack than, than what I might like them to be. And, and whatever, uh, that that's kind of a function of today's NBA and today's salary cap. But still, when you're paying a guy, 30 mid 30 million the last year of his contract in the year 24 25 in that season 40 plus million dollars that that's a guy that i want to um 
step up in the playoffs. It's not, it was not like you overpaid to sign a free agent. This is their own guy. They had their own value on him. And it's not like a restricted free agent where you say you can argue like, well, they had to overpay him. It's not a situation that, you know, they, they, they could have gone a different direction here with him. I just, until he shows you, like you said in the last segment, LeBron, until LeBron shows you that he's not washed, that you're just going to, I'm just going to believe that this is going to continue until Ben Simmons shows me in a playoff series that he's not going to shrink in the moment then I'm going to believe this. I'm going to believe that he's not worth the money that he's being paid, and he's not worth giving up the level of assets that Daryl Morey is looking for. I think the trade for Ben Simmons is going to be a step down. It's going to be C.J. McCollum. It's not going to be Damian Lillard. And that's, I think, the level where Ben Simmons is going to be. Frankly, I hear a lot of people starting to go the other way now because for whatever, I think – Maybe they feel bad after Doc and Joel Embiid kind of threw him under the bus. And Joel, Joel Embiid drove the bus back over him in his latest comments, I think. And I think people want to be like, okay, look, he's still a good player. Yeah, fine. But all of all of these criticisms of him are legit. And they, they come through in the biggest moments when the spotlight is on him. I don't care about a November, December, January player. I want the May... June player out there. And he does not play in May or June. Okay. So that's all fair. I, and I agree with you to an extent with it, right? Like it, it, the biggest thing I think you said there is he just hasn't grown as a player, right? Like he, he over his what, that's four years, kind of five years in league, it, it, nothing's changed. He's been the same player from day one. You're 100% right about that. I don't know, man. Like I, I look at like LeBron, who didn't really start shooting the three ball consistently till year seven, year eight in his career, and was still capable of. Now he did it significantly better than Ben Simmons did before that, but didn't really develop that to be a huge part of his game until later on. Does a change of scenery just benefit Ben Simmons? And look. If he stays on the 76ers, I'm going to kind of back off of this because that's just the wrong fit. There's a lot of bad blood there. And in the show we did last week, I mean, they they basically torched the 76ers to try and get him out of there and kill any of the trade value that he might have had. But a guy that defends at the level that he does, that still shoots at the rim relatively well and can score around the rim pretty efficiently, right? It's not insane Zion numbers that you probably would need from, uh, from a guy like this. But still, 14 points on 10 shot attempts isn't horrible compared to some of the people that we've seen who've been big usage guys. I don't know. He's young. I wonder if a change of scenery is kind of what, what like makes him uh, kind of get through it, right? Like it's usually like you break up with someone, you go get that like revenge body is developing a shot and growing <laughs> as a player, Ben Simmons revenge body to a certain degree. Right. And is, is he going to have amazing. a lot of motivation to like stick it to Daryl Morey and the 76ers and, and all of that? I don't know. Like I look, he, you wouldn't trade Damian Lillard for him. No, I'd easily trade CJ McCollum for him. I, even if I were a team that doesn't really need a Ben Simmons and worries, maybe about some fit with him in my like top best player. I still probably roll the dice on it because there's still so much talent there. He's so young and the defense can really help elevate you. Plus the playmaking is really good. I think that's valuable. You've got to have the right team built around him. But again, for most uh, players other than maybe 10 in the league, you've got to do something like that. So I'm not as low on his value if the team fits him a little bit more. But certainly the 76ers are not it. And if he stays there, he's going to continue to look as bad as he is and probably like kill everything I'm saying here. 
Well, I mean, I think there's one fit out there that that does what you want it to do. The question is, does it get Philly what they really want here? And I think that might be Golden State. I think Golden State wants to get rid of Draymond Green and be like, okay, look, like Draymond has been at the the center of basically everything, and he's been so great. But he seems to be kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say on a a bridge burning tour, but he's been very much less than complimentary about the Warriors this summer. And I just wonder if Golden State's going to be like, you know what? We're going to move on to a younger version of you. And maybe maybe the the defensive guy that maybe you just play him as a small ball center, like many people have have suggested. And in that in that you know scenario where he can be the small ball center, bring the ball up, get the ball to one of many shooters, then that that could work. But the question there is, does Philly want what the Warriors would give back, which would be some of their young players? Uh, I don't think so. I think unless unless there's a third team involved and it might have to be a three team deal. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but there could be something. I'm not going to say there's not something to the, um, the, the change of scenery theory with him. I, I think he, if anybody is less inclined to, to kind of change his attitude, I think he might just be stubborn. And, you know, just like he's shooting with his left hand, he's stubborn. Everybody knows he's right-handed, but he's going to stay with the left hand. He's going to keep not shooting. He's going to play his game and try to get to the Hall of Fame based on what he does, and he's going to do it his own way. So look, the the change of scenery thing I think can help, but also like you don't want to be banking on that, right? Like that's a terrible thing to like hope right. for someone to be better. You want them to kind of have that internally wherever they are, continue to try and just do the right things to be the best player. So that concerns me a little bit with it. But man, I still think he's a good player. Again, you all listening, hot take show, let us know in the comments on YouTube and on Twitter. It's at Reds Army underscore John and I'm at Nola Jake. Coming up, two more team base, the Nets. And the Chicago Bulls. We'll get to that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On NBA. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. These things are awesome. They're healthy. You're going to think you're eating a candy bar, but they're actually good for you. My favorite flavor right now is the mint. Uh, brownie. I love the German chocolate cake and the cookies and cream as well. The double chocolate and salted caramel, also excellent. So not only are these things the best tasting, and we got a different flavor for everyone, including special limited edition flavors. I got churro puff bars, which were awesome. But these things are good for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories between 130 and 180, only four to five grams sugar, only four to five grams net carbs. Go compare them to the bar you're eating already. These, these macros are going to beat them almost every single time. Plus, it's the best tasting one out there. So if you want to give them a try, go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Football is back, baby, and bet online, your number one spot for all the pro and college action this season. You get the updated odds, props, and contests including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest. I like that combination of words. It almost sounds like an anime thing. And the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest right now open at BetOnline. Head on over. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 100% bonus. Sign up today. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Whatever you deposit, they match it. You win right away. 
Also, you can use the promo code NFL100 for this Thursday night game, tomorrow night's game, the season opener between the Buccaneers and Cowboys. If you lose, the wager is on them, up to $25 refunded if you lose. It's the fastest and easy, easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of these great offers right now at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, continuing the hot take show here on Locked On NBA. Two more before we wrap up this Wednesday edition of the show. All right, I, we, we've done two players. We've done LeBron James. We've done Ben Simmons. Here's one that, as I watched this offseason unfold, I just look at this team, and I just cannot think they're going to be better than 500. Maybe a game or two at the most, but for the most part, they're going to be a 500 team, and that means they're going to be an expensive 500 team. That's the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. I don't really like anything they did this offseason. Yes, they spent. Yes, they were proactive. They paid a lot of money to guys that seem kind of redundant and I don't necessarily think are the most complimentary pieces to their star in Zach Levine. I, I can't say that this is really a hot take. Um, I think this is actually an accurate okay. take. This is, I think this is actually pretty <laughs> accurate. Uh, I... I so much there there are so many questions the guys yesterday were talking about you know how interesting the Chicago Bulls were going to be to watch this season because you have so many question marks you know with with Lonzo and and Vooch and and DeRozan and you know, the, I, I don't know I don't know how this fits this is a real question mark the, the, the Bulls went out and spent which is nice but did they spend wisely? I, that I don't know. Now, this is going to bring up a real question mark for Zach Levine, who's going to be a free agent. And I, I don't know if if Zach Levine should be more the focus of everybody saying like, hey, there's going to be a third. If you're looking for a third star, forget Bradley Beal. Zach Levine might be your guy because if, if you, he looks around and he says, well, geez, you know, kind of, Lonzo's kind of in my way. DeRozan's kind of in my way. Um, they've committed to this team that I just, I look around and I just don't see it. Zach Levine just came off an experience with team USA and he knows what a star studded lineup looks like. And is supposed to act like if he looks around in the Chicago bulls roster and it's not clicking, he coming off of that Olympic experience might be like, look this, I can see, I can see this going down a bad road. I don't want any part of this. I'm, I'm out of here. That I think has there's a, a real strong possibility of that happening. So I I am completely with you on this one. I think the Bulls could be uh, a disaster this year. Yeah, like it, it, look, they weren't good after the trade deadline last year when they traded for Vucevic. They were. I just had it up. Where did they get? Where did it go? After the trade deadline, they were twelve and nineteen. Like that is not what they made that move at the deadline for. Lonzo Ball's. A nice court spacer for Zach Levine, but he's not a pure point guard. He doesn't drive. He doesn't bend a defense like that, and he's an overrated defender. DeMar DeRozan's DeMar DeRozan, right? Like, you you need probably more shooting, more spacing. He doesn't really add a ton of that there. What's Vucevic going to be able to do with, you know, some of these pieces alongside Zach Levine, who wants to drive and kick and things like that? Like, I just don't like what they've done. Like at, at all, I, I get. I like your hot take better of 
Zach Levine's going to ask out before the trade deadline because screw this. That's not what you meant to say, but that's what you said to me yeah. here. No, let's, um, let's, let's like, push that one. I think they're going to be like a disaster. Like they just, nothing about them says above 500. Expensive, good players that don't fit. And I don't think they can put this all together. Here, here's when I look at their roster, what it looks like to me. We're, we're supposed to be looking at a team built around Zach Levine. I'm looking at this roster right now, and I see a team that's supposed to provide space for DeMar DeRozan. That's that's how this looks to me. That they're build, they've built a team that's spacing for DeMar DeRozan, and it's up to DeMar. That sounds terrible in 2021 to me. Right, because who's <laughs> the shooter? Levine's the shooter. Vooch is the shooter. Lonzo's the shooter. DeRozan is not. So he's the driver. He's the guy who's going to attack. So everyone else is providing space for DeRozan. That means that DeRozan's going to be the guy who ends up getting a bulk, I think, just naturally, could end up getting a bulk of the usage early on. And, and Levine's going to end up having to force some shots, maybe take more contested jumpers. It'll be interesting to watch that statistic this year. How many contested jumpers does Zach Levine take? And are they? is there an increase in that from last year? That could be a, a very telling stat. But and, and he might also have to just force more three-pointers. Like that's, that's the other thing. So I, I, I think, I think somebody in Chicago kind of screwed this up. I, the, the, the DeRozan signing is the one that might've, that might've tipped this the wrong way. Yeah. Look, they spent a lot of first round picks the past 12 months, let's say nine months. And I hate what they used all of those pretty much on. You know, not in a vacuum, but as a team, like, no, I, I just don't think this team's going to be any good and they're going to be the biggest disappointment because, look, you spend that much money, the expectations are sky high. And they mm -hmm. made those moves having sky high expecta expectations. <laughs> they're going to flop so, so hard and fall on their faces. They might. They might. Here's my hot take. Here's my last hot take of the day. Another team that will flop and fall on their faces, the Brooklyn Nets are going to flop and fail and fail and flop and lose in the second round of the playoffs. That's my hot take. Are they going to lose to the Boston Celtics? Of course. Who else are they going to lose? Go. Um, what I'm actually worried about with the Brooklyn Nets is I think that I, I'm, I'm really concerned about an injury to Kevin Durant or, or something to Kevin Durant because he was just used so much. He was the only one that was, was healthy. He, carried that team through the playoffs, played entire games, then went to the Olympics, was used heavily. He was the reason why the Americans won gold. He carried that team, was clearly the best player. He is still the best player in the NBA, I think. But there's, there's so much wear and tear. A lot of this is going to depend on how Brooklyn really approaches this season. If they load manage Kevin Durant, if they recognize this, then I will back off of this. But if they don't, if Kevin Durant's out there playing 35 minutes a game and, and they're trying to send some kind of message to the league by winning every game by 30 and you know trying to be up by eight games by, at Christmas, then that's going to bite them in the ass. And Kevin Durant is going to get hurt. And they will, I think, lose in in – the, in the playoffs, probably the second round, because sure, James Harden can can carry a team, but only so far. And I don't trust Kyrie Irving to to go out there and and play uh, and, and carry a team. I've seen Kyrie Irving try to do this on his own for a long time, 
post LeBron and it's not pretty. So Kevin Durant's the only one I trust to be there and, and keep things cohesive. If he's not there, then I think Brooklyn falls apart. Uh, look, it's interesting. The, Kevin Durant's the key to that, right? Like if they're going to win the title, it's because Kevin Durant's healthy. And I, I agree with you. They're not going to if he's not there. That's probably the only way I see them almost not winning a title, though. I think that team is that deep and that stacked. And I do like all three of those guys together. And, I, you know, things were kind of weird for them in the playoffs last year, just kind of anyway. You know, I wonder, you know, and even think maybe they could, you know, get to the finals without Kevin Durant. They probably still don't win because, as you mentioned, like watching him with Team USA was so unbelievably impressive and just willing a team that they didn't want to win gold to gold and all of that. So I'm kind of with you on if it's an injury, but otherwise this team, I think, is like cruising to the NBA finals at the very least. And like it might not be much of a competitive season at all but i like it maybe they do end up losing in the second round and that would certainly be a shocking upset i think for most people involved i got one last one to, oh no you go ahead no i was just gonna say i just want to be clear that if there's no injuries if the if the brooklyn nets stay healthy they'll win 70 games and they'll cruise to a championship like that's um i, I feel like i have to put that on the record because we're being hot takey and i just want to have it i don't want it to be like i don't think the brooklyn nets are good <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to end up on um, on like clutch points where it's like Boston yeah. Celtics yeah, yeah, podcast yeah. host says Brooklyn which, will lose in the second round might. or something like which, that. Which I might, I might still, uh, but uh, it's it my the reason I said all that is because I I am worried that Kevin Durant will get hurt, and if he does, that's a problem. So that's it. We've seen we've seen it. That's why load management is a thing. We've seen guys when they play that's really it. heavy minutes like that. It. Look, I'm not a doctor. It definitely seems like it increases their chance for a significant right. injury and like increases it almost exponentially. Um, but before we go, this one just popped into my mind I was thinking of, and I forgot to mention this to you when we were planning out the show. Ooh. Paul George MVP next year. Can I interest you in that? Ooh, you cannot. No chance. <laughs> no way. Uh, okay. Selling that well, one, huh? Well, actually, no Kawhi. He... He was really good in the playoffs. You know, my initial reaction was obviously what it was. But now that I think about it, yeah, no Kawhi. He tends to step up in that situation. Ah, You know, for a hot take, I still don't think it's going to happen. But in in a hot takey sense, that's that's not a bad dark horse candidate to pick. I can, I can, I, I, I can, I can hear your argument for that. I can, I, I see where you're going with it. I still think it's not going to happen, but I, I get it. All right. Nailed it. Nailed, nailed the hot take there right at the end. So that's going to do it for the Wednesday edition of Locked on NBA. Thank you all very much for listening. As always on Wednesdays, I'm your co-host Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked on Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales at Reds Army underscore John on Twitter. And I host the Locked on Celtics podcast. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to Locked On NBA on YouTube, free and five days a week for you all, even during the offseason. And we'll be back with you all next week.